Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon and welcome to Picks and Parlays Radio. Here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find us here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern on weekdays. And also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. Usually the first thing that pops up, and we always appreciate your feedback. Uh, we've got a busy day in sports betting. Uh, NFL is finally back. Yes, regular season is finally upon us. We've got Packers, Bears, and you know we're talking about, uh, about that tonight. But of course, Antonio Brown, uh, being the person that needs attention, he said, you know what, the NFL regular season starting, it's not going to hog the spotlight for me. Uh, the Raiders are now planning to suspend Antonio Brown after he got in some kind of altercation with uh, Mike Mayock. So if you're a Raiders fan, or a Raiders fan uh, my thoughts and prayers are with you through this dramatic time. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll be talking NFL picks for tonight's game as well as a couple other games for this weekend. Uh, and then we've got MLB rapid, rapid fire picks, uh, two ha expert handicappers, seven games, seven picks, and hopefully seven ways to make you guys some money. And then more rapid fire picks, this time with college football because this weekend is upon us and there's plenty of college football games and we've got a lot of games to get to. Uh, we've got, well, I can't even count them. We've got a lot of games, uh, including some of the big ones, LSU, Texas. Uh, we'll be diving into that today as well and some of these lines and some things you need to avoid when you see some of these lines and some of these big numbers because I know some of these big schools are, are playing some smaller opponents in week two and some of these lines are going to be pretty big. Uh, how you can avoid the overreaction factor because especially I think with Auburn, uh, I think that win was kind of a Band-Aid for a lot of bad things in that game against Oregon. Yeah, they won, but I don't know. Bo Nix didn't look that good until the fourth quarter. Uh, so they're laying a big number against Tulane. Can they cover it? And yes, I am ready for some football. I saw a comment uh, flash on the screen. I'm ready. Are you ready? Because next segment, we're diving into NFL football on Picks and Parlays Radio after the break. And we are back, and Chip's busy talking about purified water. It's NFL week one of the regular season. That's right. No more of this preseason nonsense. We've got real football tonight with the Packers and the Bears, and we've got Chip Trimbus joining us, who is going to talk about more than just tap water and purified water. <laughs> well, you know, they did. Set, uh, Miami actually avoided the hurricane. They sent tons of water to the Bahamas, by the way. Now let's get off the water. I was wondering where you're going with that. Well, let's get off the water and onto the game. Um, the Bears, of course, at home, the season's opener. Uh, surprised that the NFL defending Super Bowl champions are involved in this game. That's usually a traditional thing that the NFL does. The Bears won a division last year, 12-4, and four, very disappointing. 
missed kick at the final moments of their playoff game. Well, and that might be, be a factor tonight. It could always be a factor in the NFL because of the way people um, get conservative at times and they play for three as opposed to trying to score. And it's um, still Windy City, to too. Yes, and another factors, like you said, are the weather in Chicago. But the Packers off a 6-9-1 and one season are really looking to um, bounce back. They've made some obvious changes. They have a new head coach, Chelsea. But they've gone 0-4. 0-4 against the um, NFC North the last four times out. As a matter of fact, they lost the last game of the year, thank you very much, to um, Detroit, 41 to nothing. That's how they closed their year. But they are 7-2 at Chicago against the points. Chelsea, 16-5 in the last 21 at Chicago. But so you know what? Who are you taking? I'm, actually, I'm going another direction with this because, Chelsea, the Packers have gone over in the last... Eight, seven of the last eight times in their opener, and they're going over 12 of the last 15, 17 games overall. I see this game going over until I see Rodgers looking to show and establish that um, he is the leader of this team because he's been questioned about what's happened with the coaching staff. So I looked at for this to be a lot of scoring here. In the opening games of the season, the Packers like to put some points up. Seven and one the last eight. I think this game goes over. I think the Packers' offense should be pretty strong just because I was saying before the show, uh, I would be worried about any other quarterback under a new head coach and a new offense under Matt LaFleur, but Aaron Rodgers, I'm not worried about. He's been there. He's done that, uh, and he'll probably call some audibles. Uh, I think one of the problems is he might be smarter than <laughs> his head coach, and that's not a knock on LaFleur. It's just because Aaron Rodgers is so skilled at what he does. And you know what? The quarterback should have that ability. He's a pro. He's been right. there. When he looks out over the defense and he scans, he can read other people's eyes. He knows what's going on. Right. A coach on the sideline can't see what he can see in that position there. And I, I'm all for a quarterback audibleizing, calling his own plays, and, and um, getting a feel for moving the offense. Right. I know a lot of people like the Bears in this one. Um, I don't know. I think I like the Packers in this one a little more, especially if you can get it at two and a half. Uh, but I think the line's moving. Well, the, um, Chicago's gone to three and a half in places, according to our sources here. It's three and three and a half. Most likely, if you're going to take the Packers, you're going to get that Oh, that's right. Hook. And I, you'll, be, you'll be better off with it, too. Right. Yeah. Uh, the under is hit uh, in several... Oh, I can't read my writing. I had a good stat lined up, and I couldn't <laughs> read my writing. But another factor is uh, Mitch Trubisky uh, didn't play in the preseason at all. Uh, he is not a veteran uh, guy like Rodgers. I think they should have maybe given him a little more snaps because this is going to be his first, you know, test of game well, action football. We know he was their Achilles heel last year. He was their weak point without question. And um, if they get any kind of passing game together here, um, they may be able to put it together. But uh, I'm looking for both sides to put enough points on the board to go over the total. All right, so let's move on to our next game, Falcons-Vikings. Uh, I know a lot of people are very high on the Vikings this season to have a turnaround year. Uh, they believe in Kirk Cousins, and they've added some more people. The injuries aren't quite as bad. Um, but, I mean, the Falcons, year in, year out, are, are pretty good. They have a really good offense. Unless you have them in the preseason, of course, and they finally broke a 13-game losing streak in the preseason. What a huge win over Jacksonville. They just crushed them 31-12. to And Jacksonville, I think, went 0-4 in the preseason as it was. The Vikings were 8-7 last season with one push. Um, they opened up like a five-point favor on this, have gone down to 3.5. Um, they've won the last three meetings against Atlanta. And Matt Ryan just hasn't performed on the, well, on the road. Falcons haven't performed on the road. They're 7-9-1 last season under Quinn. You know, 
Couldn't losing that Super Bowl a number of years ago when they had it locked up they against blew a they blew it. Lead. And they, the, the play calling in the second half was atrocious, and it cost them. And I think there's a lack of confidence with the organization here with him, and I don't think they can win with him. I think there's a, like a stigmata with him. Stigmata? Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I was in real estate. <laughs> Sounds <now>, so. scary. <laughs> well, it is because people actually demolish homes if there's been eerie crimes committed to them, and this is the type of thing that's happened here. People are deserting this Atlanta team. They I don't mean. Have I think Atlanta fans in general would agree with you because being an Atlanta fan has been really tough over the past 15 years yep. or so because they've come really close. Uh, Georgia, uh, UGA has come really close to winning some big games. The Falcons, of course, blowing, blowing that terrible lead. But, I mean, they still have a really good offense. Uh, Matt Ryan is back. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, a guy named Julio Jones, he's pretty good too. Devontae Freeman is healthy. Uh, so I think their offense is going to be a little better. But... It is in Minnesota. Well, that's the key factor here, Chelsea. I'm glad you mentioned it because not only have the Vikings won five of the last six against the points against the NFC South at home, but they're seven and two at home in September in the last two years under this last three years under this coaching. Thirty-seven and fourteen in non-conference games. That's huge. Chelsea winning thirty-seven of fifty-one decisions against the points against non-conference opponents and. 21 and 5 at home in these non-conference games. I think the Vikings are the side here. I think they're going to have their way with Atlanta here. I'm really not a Falcon fan, and I'm not impressed with what I saw in the preseason, even though they did close with a win over the Jaguars. Right, and the Falcons didn't play many of their starters in the preseason. Um, and Dan Quinn apparently does not care at all no. about the preseason. No, so, we discussed that. Right, yeah. All right, so let's move on to another interesting one. Uh, the Giants and the Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott, is now back. But he will be limited. They say that he'll get um, 20 to 25 snaps, which isn't a whole lot. And I think if you're smart, you don't play him that much. So it's, I don't think Zeke's going to be a huge factor in this one. It's going to be more Tony Pollard. Uh, so, yeah, where are you leaning on this one? Well, guess what? Ezekiel Elliott's going to be there, but surprise, surprise, he's not the best running back on that field. And that oh, goes wow. to the Giants. Saquon Barkley, of course, is the best running oh, back. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tony Pollard. I was no, like, no, I'll not at there. all. The Giants have the best running back in this game. He had um, put up the most offensive Fair. yards from scrimmage last year. And um, maybe a little bit more size than... Um, say Bell who's now with the Jets I mean he reminds right. me a lot of Bell where he gets the ball in the backfield and he breaks a lot of tackles but he's got a little bit more strength and what great breakaway speed he has right. so I think the Giants have an advantage there they come in 7-0 and in their last seven road games Chelsea and their only problem is when they play Dallas they're 0-4 in the last four meetings not which only is a problem it's, if it's a divisional game and um, <laughs> though they are 4-1-1 one one against the NFC East 0-4 against Dallas, but straight up and against the points the last four times they're meeting. Their best advantage here is that Dallas, under Garrett, just doesn't seem to get ready in the openers. They're 1-4 and four in the last five openers, but they've gone under the total a number of times in these contests, and I think Dallas is going to be conservative here. They've gone four out of five of those openers have gone under. And now with Elliott getting a limited playing time, right. I think they're going to be a little bit more conservative. And the Giants, of course, have had an inept offense now for a number of years, even with Manning there, and Barkley certainly gave them the spark last year. Right. But um, right now I still see these two going under. As a matter of fact, the last three times they've played Chelsea, the score has been an average of 12 points under the total. So I'm looking to play Dallas and the Giants under. I'll have a side for you on Sunday if you're interested, as well as a side in that Green Bay-Chicago game tonight. One thing I would add is that, yeah, Zeke's not going to be there, but the Cowboys' offensive line will still be there, and they're still really good. And Dak Prescott, 
uh, still a really good quarterback. So there's still plenty of pieces that make the Cowboys good. Uh, the problem is the number's kind of big, seven and a half. It is. It's growing, too. And the interest in the Cowboys here has been very, very strong. And um, I just don't see it originally. I was thinking that uh, maybe this number is so strong and, and the Dallas isn't as that much better because of their offensive line, like right. you had mentioned. But I think the fact that this is the first game of the year, and to me, this play has got to come, it's got to come under the total. Right. We'll see. All right. So those are Chip's picks. Uh, when we come back, we've got rapid fire MLB picks, seven games, seven results that we hope are winners that you can cash on. Uh, and after that, college football still to come. So stick with us uh, after the break. We've got plenty more show to get to on Picks and Parlays Radio. Stick with us. We'll be back. And we are back here on Picks and Parlays Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find us here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. And also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube if you search Picks and Parlays. We're very easy to find. Right now, we've got some MLB rapid-fire picks with seven games and hopefully seven ways to win. We've got Craig Trapp, Tony T joining us. Hello, guys. Are you ready to rumble? We are ready. <laughs> ready. Ready for it. All right. We've got to fit in a lot of games, so let's get to get to cracking. Uh, Rangers-Orioles. The Orioles have John Means on the mound, one of their better starters uh, for the O's, 10-9 with a 3.55 ERA uh, against Colby Allard. Uh, of the Rangers, 3-0 and with a 4-3-3 ERA. The Orioles are favored in this one. They are favored, Chelsea, <laughs> because uh, their main man, Justin Means, on the mound and at home, uh, been pitched well, an ERA under three. You know, when you watch Oriole games on TV at, at, at their park, you see a bunch of home runs hit. But Means has been avoid the, avoiding the trouble. ERA right, under. the fact that he's, his ERA is so good despite pitching in the AL East, which means he's facing the Red Sox and the Yankees a whole lot. I mean, it's a testament to him. Yeah, and you're looking at Rangers lineup with a 26% strikeout rate. We talked about that in the past with the Rangers. They kind of faded after the All-Star break here. But uh, I know it's, it's dangerous laying, laying odds here with the Orioles, but right. I can only see that side in this one. So they're minus 119? That's correct. Okay, so you're taking the Orioles? Orioles. Craig, don't be so silent. <laughs> Listen, the Orioles as favorite, I, I had to check twice. I was like, they can't be favorite. Yes, okay, another right. play, Yes, they're. I can't take that. I have to go to a total here. I just think both of these pitchers are average pitchers. Oh. I'm going to take the over here. I'm going to take the well, what's I'm the line? over nine and a half. Nine Texas and a half and is, a, is not that bad of a line either. So I, it's not like a 14 or something. I'm going to be rooting for a lot of runs here. I think the bullpens are going to see plenty of action, which both of these bullpens trash. <laughs> well, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to Miami and Pittsburgh. If you want to call any teams trash, I mean, the P Pittsburgh after the All-Star break, uh, not been good. Uh, Miami just not a good team in general. It's Eliezer Hernandez on the mound for the Marlins, three and five, five oh six ERA against Dario Agrizal, four and three with a four five uh, five oh uh, ERA. Uh, guys, thoughts on this one? Well, you look at this one. To me, it's it's another total play because you got two offenses uh, or two pitching staffs that just seem to give up runs in bunches. Two bullpens that have just been overused all year, and that's really the uh, the recipe for baseball this year has been the bullpens have just been terrible. 
I think this should this line should be at least nine and a half or ten. I'd still like the over. I'm going to take the over here as I think both the Marlins and Pirates score five plus in this one. And uh, what maybe is a trend for me today? Oh man, what's the line? Uh, over nine. Tony taking the underdog Marlins plus one thirty. Hernandez a little better form. A team of five and five in his past ten starts. Iguizal's just been crushed, giving up twenty earned runs in his past twenty four innings. Past ten games of Pirates bullpen approaching six. Marlins a little better performance out of their bullpen of late. I got to take the plus money here, plus uh, 130 with the Marlins. All right, moving on to the Blue Jays and the Rays. Trent Thornton uh, going for the Blue Jays, and he's not been great against Tampa Bay. 14 runs in 11 innings. I know it's a a bit of a a small sample size, but sometimes when these guys think the other team has their number, it can be a factor. Austin Pruitt going for the Rays, 2-0, 4-7-8 ERA, including five and a third scoreless against the Indians in his last time out. We're going to take the Rays here at the run line, plus 100, minus one half runs. Yeah, we talked about with Thornton, so he struggled. And the, uh, Tampa Bay using an opener in this one. And uh, really look at this game here with, with, with the Blue Jays. Our offensive slowed down a little because they've been, they've been, they've been pitching against really good, uh, hitting against really good pitching staffs in Atlanta and Houston of late. And again, they're, hit, they're seeing the Rays uh, staff here, and I think uh, their offense is slowing down a bit. I'll take the run line here with the Rays at plus 100. Craig? Nothing spells uh, like a... Yeah, over. <laughs> so over nine in this one. I think uh, the Blue Jays, Thornton, like you said, hasn't been good. I think Tampa, I think they'll put up at least seven runs here. I, I do like the run line a little bit as well. I just, Tampa's been lately, they just had some really big letdowns. And so that's why I didn't like the run line. I think, and it kind of seemed like an overnight for me. So over nine, why not? Three for three on the over. I think somebody's been watching the Mets bullpen implode. <laughs> Maybe that has something. And, and you know, Life's too short to bet the under, as they say. Well, I will say it's a lot more fun uh, to bet these games when you're taking in over as opposed to the under, especially in football. Baseball, maybe not so much because, I mean, a big strikeout to the the game. That can be fun. Uh, Let's move on to the Twins and the Red Sox. The Twins are underdogs in this one at plus 142. Martin Perez on the mound, 9-6, 4 ERA against Nathan Eovaldi, who is still getting stretched out. Uh, after coming out of the pen, he's 1-0 with a 6-2-3 ERA. But if you remember, he was really good in the World Series last year. So I don't know uh, if this if fall is his number. Uh, guys, what do you think on this well, one? Well, Boston, obviously a big public team. Uh, probably a little overbet here. But I do think Boston's going to win this game. Uh, this line is minus 160 with a total. And this one is 11.5. I kind of liked the over. And then I saw 11.5. And, and I was like, well, that might be a little much. I was hoping for 10.5. So I think the better play is Boston. I don't love the odds at minus 160. I probably wouldn't bet it at 160, but I think they win. That's the problem. So So what about a run line bet? You could probably take the plus one and a half of Twins. I'm not a big plus one and a half guy unless I can get like, you know, plus 150 still with it. Um, so to me, I, I would take Boston Red Sox. I think it's going to be a close game. I could see a 6-5 type game. So to me, I, I wouldn't play the run line. I would just stay away from this one, to be very honest. All right, Tony. We have two good hitting lineups here, and I like the Twins at the plus money, plus 142. Martin Perez, three good starts in, out of four. Uh, but Evaldi at home, uh, this past home starts, he's allowed 10 earned runs in seven innings. That's a little scary there in, in Fenway. So uh, I'll look to the, the Twins plus the 142. Right. The Twins have one of the better pitching staffs in baseball, but the Red Sox, man, are they good hitters, and especially at Fenway. Uh, let's move on to the Cubs and the Brewers. The Cubs are favored in this one at minus 120. Jose Quintana on the mound, 12 and 8, 3 uh, 390 ERA, and 8 and 1 with just a 3 
uh, ERA in his last 11, so he's finding his form. Chase Anderson on the mound for the Brewers, 6-4 and four with a 4-5-8. And last time out, he pitched at Wrigley, and it did not go that well. Uh, he gave up five runs in four innings, and Nick Castellanos, who's been great for the Cubs, hit two home runs. Yeah, with Castellanos, yeah, he was the, the player we talked about at the training deadline. The, right. the Cubs need someone to hit lefties, and he's been a spark when the Cubs have been playing well late. Winning some games on the road. Looking at the Cubs here at minus 120, Quintana, well, he's allowed one earned run or fewer in four of his past five starts. I'm not a big fan of Chase Anderson. He's been pounded. 18 earned runs past four starts and 16 a third. Got to look at the Cubs in this one. Well, I think the, the key is how bad Chase Anderson. Two starts, two of those starts, 10 earned runs uh, three, start, three games ago. Last time, five earned runs. And that was against this Cubs team, too. So right. the Cubs and Quintana, yes, on the road. That kind of is a little scary because the Cubs, for the season, haven't been very good. But recently, a little better. And they're starting to pick things up. Obviously, they got to continue to win if they want to get into the playoffs. I like the Cubs as well. It was part of our parlay. If you go check it out over at our uh, social media channels, our parlay for tonight, this was one and a half of the parlay. Right. And I think this time of year, the Cubs know how to really turn it on. Uh, they have a lot of veterans on their team. They have Ben Zobris back, uh, who could add a pop to their lineup and their locker room. He's one of the better locker room guys in all of baseball. I know everybody who's played with him really likes him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Cubs are bad on the road. The, the one thing is the Cubs usually are over bet, so this one could go a little right. crazy. I'm surprised the line hasn't Well, they're only already. minus 120, so right, it's not that bad. Right, but it's up to minus 125 in some spots. And, I, you know, usually as it gets closer to game time, the favorites and public money type teams and the Cubs are – Big, Maybe the biggest yeah. public money team outside this year outside of the Astros and the Dodgers. So Bes that, despite not being as good, right? Well, I mean, it's it's on you know, how big your fan base is. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is because like the Astros, it's because they're really Very good. <laughs> Very <deserving. laughs> and yes. the Dodgers. Yes. Uh, let's move on to the Nats and the Braves. Steven Strasburg, uh, a big name on the mound for the Nats, going against Max Fried for the Braves. Thoughts on this one? All right. I like the Nationals here at minus 115. Strasburg formed really good right now. Uh, two earned runs over his past three starts, 21 innings of work, 30 strikeouts. My goodness, he's awesome. 3 0 his past three starts against the Braves. Freed has been hit up a little bit of late. And of course, over the past five games, I like the Nationals hitting 298. The Bullpen's pitching well in the RA under two. Look here at Washington at, at the minus price, minus the 115. Well, we're going against. The overtrend for tonight in this one. Oh, no. This is going to be the one game that goes under. I think under nine, I think that's a gift. I thought this one might be eight or eight and a half. So getting it at nine, I think, is, is quality. I also like Strasburg, but I do not like really playing the Braves. The Braves at home are a really good team. And I think Matt's free will keep him in this game. And that means an under game for me. So let's take the under nine and what should be a really nice pitching matchup and a, maybe a potential uh, you know, down the road uh, matchup in the playoffs. Right, in the National League. We'll see if the Braves can be a little better in the postseason because that's been their issue. Yeah. They're, dec they're really good in the regular season. And like I mentioned earlier before, Atlanta fans of any team, man, they've faced some heartbreak. Uh, bless their hearts, as we like to say in the South. Yes. Uh, moving on to Seattle at Houston. Wade Miley on the mound, uh, one of their better pickups. He is 13-4 and four with a 3.06 ERA going against Mario Gonzalez. Uh, Marco, excuse me, once again, handwriting is terrible. 14-11 with a 4.30 ERA. Not, not a whole lot you can do with this one. Houston is minus 270 total at nine and a half. So if you, if you don't want to play the total here, you got to go to the run line in Astros. 
usually these huge favorite teams like the Dodgers and the Astros, if you look at their run line numbers at the end of the season, usually you actually lose money if you bet them every game run line. The Astros and the Dodgers are the rare exception so far that they've actually been winning these games and not winning by just one. They've been winning by three, four, five runs. I think with Wade Miley, I think he stays hot. I think Gonzalez gets lit up tonight. Lay the run line here and get a little better, better value with the Astros. I'm with Craig on this one. Yeah, I'm definitely looking at the Houston Astros run line. Houston has absolutely crushed Seattle pitching this year. And, you know, Houston has to keep winning because they want to stay, they want to finish ahead of the Yankees. They want home field advantage that the Yankees and Houston meet because we know for both staff, especially with the Yankees, their pitching, starting and relief do not pitch well on the road. So Houston going after home field in the ALs, in the L playoffs. The only problem I've had with the with Houston lately is the run support. They've won a lot of these games where their pitchers are incredible by just two runs or something. So uh, just a little cautionary tale there. Uh, but also they see the Mariners a lot and they've seen Marco Gonzalez a lot. So late in the year when you've seen a pitcher many times, you know what he has. Uh, so I think this lineup is very familiar with them. Uh, when we get back, we've got college football. Wake up. We've got more rapid-fire picks when we get back on Picks and Parlays Radio. And we are back for more Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger, and we've got plenty more to talk about on today's show. College football, it's week two. We had plenty of drama in week one. But you know what? We're diving in for more action. We've got Craig Trapp and Tony T back for another segment of Rapid Fire Picks. Guys, let's start with Northern Illinois at Utah. I know Craig is a big Utah guy. Uh, the number 13 team in the nation and coming off that big win over BYU, 30 to, what was it, 30 to 12. Wow. Uh, very impressive. Their defense looked good. Craig, I know you want to talk about this one. I'll start this one off, at <laughs> oh, Chelsea. I'm, I'm now on the Utah bandwagon. Uh, that was an impressive win, beating a rival there last week, uh, 30 to 30 to 12. Really strong run attack, average uh, running strength for 260 yards, 5.5 yards per rush. I remember last year uh, that these two teams met, and Northern Illinois had a difficult time uh, moving the football. Only six points scored by the Huskies. And uh, speaking of the Huskies, I watched their game on replay on one of the streaming networks uh, when they faced uh, Illinois State, and they struggled with 0-0 for a long time, low scoring. They kind of pulled away late, 24 to 10. I was not impressed with Northern Illinois' offense. And I'm going to take the, lay the points here, minus 21 and a half with, with Utah. Utah, a very good favorite. They've covered 14 or 21 times as a favorite. Well, when you look at this one, it's called get on the Utah bandwagon right now because get on it now because <laughs> if you wait another couple of weeks, you're going to be laying way bigger numbers than probably you would have if you'd have looked at the advance lines on these because Utah is going to win and win impressively because they have maybe the best defense in the country. At worst, it's a top five defense. They have a veteran quarterback, two good running backs now. Uh, because they got that depth when last year uh, when they had late injuries in the running back and quarterback position. So they actually have depth at multiple skill positions. I love Utah here, minus 21 and a half. I love the uh, under at 43 and a half, but my top play would be the Utah Utes at minus 21 and a half, as I think they win like 30 to three type game. I just think this is a dominating performance by a very, very good Utah uh, defense. I think no one's questioning that Utah's good, and that's why that number's so big. Uh, at 21 and a half, but I think uh, the cautionary pick there is because last year Utah only won 17-6. Granted, it was on the road, but I think that's why some people might be cautious about laying these many points. But that big win over BYU, I mean, that's there's a, there's a drop off in Northern Illinois. I saw one in that game against Illinois State. There looks to be a drop off there. 
in that team. From last year. From last year. From last year. Last year. Yeah. They're not nearly as good. And Northern Illinois has been good for, it seems like, what, two decades? Right. Going way back when they um, played in, I think, the Orange Bowl one year yeah. with uh, Lynch at quarterback. And, and, you know, they Paxton were good. Paxton Lynch. I was trying to remember right. who went there. Was it Paxton Lynch? Oh, uh, um, Paxton Lynch was the yeah, Memphis guy. He was a Memphis guy. But his name was Lynch, too, I think. But anyway, <laughs> they were very good for a multitude of years and have been good. But to me, it's just Utah. It's a different class of teams, and Northern Illinois hasn't stayed up with, uh, with the best teams in the MAC right now. All right, let's go on to Central Michigan at Wisconsin. Wisconsin, the number 17 team in the nation, and coming off a very impressive win over South Florida, 49 to nothing. Uh, yeah, I think they covered in that one. Uh, Central Michigan, 38-21 uh, win over FCS Albany in their first game of the season. And uh, of note, Jim McElwain is their coach this year. Yeah, the guy that coached at Florida and supposedly had an affair with a shark. Uh, but guys, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I'm I'm pro shark, but, <laughs> but I'm not playing Central Michigan. So or I'm not playing the side of this. I'm going to play the total. I think Wisconsin's running attack, we saw that they got back to where they needed to be last year. Um, they, they had struggled at times running the ball, which we know that is what they're calling. Well, Curtis. Jonathan Taylor didn't. He rushed for 2,000 yards. But they didn't do it. It was a lot of like, you know, where they had games where he exploded, but he right. didn't, couldn't do it against like Northwestern when they needed when to. When they needed it. Um, I think Wisconsin, they looked amazing against what I thought South Florida had a chance to beat them. So I think I, a lot of people did. <laughs> I think this one goes over. I think this one goes way over. I think Wisconsin scores 49 by themselves. Um, so over 52 is an absolute uh, joke here. I think this one goes way over. I think it might be a bad day for the Mac. Uh, this yeah. this game this game this game looks like a really ugly one because here's the issue with Chippewas. They were a one-win team last year. Yeah, the, 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 you know the uh, coaching change, but only one returning starter in the front seven for for uh, for Western Michigan. That's dangerous when you're facing that that big offensive line. For I was going to say that's going to be a huge mismatch that's because Wisconsin mis is known for those huge lines and really winning in the trenches. Yep, mid-major team, not experienced defense against the Wisconsin team. This sets up, again, a blowout game. And Jack Dome didn't look too bad in, in, when he needed to throw the football last week. So do we know, what's the line on this 35. One? Wow, that is big. But <laughs> I guess Wisconsin won by 49 uh, last week. Uh, let's move on to LSU in Texas because we need to dedicate some time to this one because it's a huge game. LSU going on the road to Texas, a Texas team that beat Georgia uh, last season in the Sugar Bowl, I believe. Yeah, uh, a lot of people like Texas. They think they're back finally, but LSU, man, did they look good in their first game. 55-3 win over a good Georgia Southern team. Yes, and that was to me, like we, we talked about earlier in the week, I think LSU was the most impressive team of all, any team uh, last uh, last week. Offensive line, defensive line. I think this is where, USC, where, where, L, where LSU has the advantage in the front seven. Six starters returning in the front seven for LSU. All four starters returning on the defensive line. Three, three first-year stars for Texas on the offensive line. That's where this game is going to be won for LSU is in the trenches, and I think laying the six and a half is the play here with LSU. Well, this is going to be my bookie buster play of the week uh, on Saturday, so I won't have a, a play on this, and that's a side on that one. I do think the under here is a not a bad play. I think LSU uh, defense, they don't want to get into an up-down. That's just not their style to, to score. If they do score, that's a lot of times it's because their defense puts them in really good short field positions, and I think Texas... I don't think they can uh, manhandle this team. So I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Um, so I'm going to take the under as a, as a lean here. But like I said, my top play is going to be um, up for sale at Picks and Parleys down there. Uh, just a few other things of note. Uh, Texas, 5-0-1 against the spread as a home dog since 2015. And some of those years, they have not been very good. Uh, and this year, they're a lot better. 
their defense, however, has been a problem. Last year, they allowed 26 points mm -hmm. per game. Uh, meanwhile, LSU has normally been a really good uh, stout defense, and last year their offense was much improved. There's a lot more confidence in Joe Burrow, their quarterback. Uh, so it should be a good one. I think the question here is if LSU can cover, because I think LSU wins. Oh, I don't know. I don't even like – it's a tough one to take. <laughs> It's tough to lay, you know, again, you're on the road here laying the points, but when you, when you, you got you to gotta put your faith on that LSU uh, defense and offensive line as well for, for, for the Tigers because they look really good. Georgia Southern is a good team, and they just manhandled the, the, the Georgia Southern last week. And that, it's not, that's not Georgia State who was the bad team of those two. I was impressed with LSU's play last week. I'm just, I'm really torn up because Texas beat a really good Georgia team in the Sugar Bowl, uh, and I think Georgia was a better team than LSU was uh, last year. So man. sometimes bowl I'm results, staying away from this bowl one. results can be deceiving when teams don't don't reach their pinnacle, don't reach their goal. Yeah. That, right. And I don't play everybody so. in the bowl. You know, not everybody gets, you know, some guys set out, get injuries. If there are any question, they don't play if they're going to be high draft yeah. picks. So to me, bowl, unless they're playing in the playoff, the, one of the playoff games, it's, you know, those games are outliers. I just see this one as I can argue both sides yeah. <laughs> until game day. Yeah. Those make it the most fun to bet and the most fun to uh, Speaking of games like that, Tulane and Auburn, this is one I was looking at. Uh, because Auburn, obviously they're coming off a big win over Oregon and they're ranked 10th in the nation because of it. Yeah, it was exciting and they looked good in the fourth quarter. But the rest of the game, they didn't look that great. They probably shouldn't have won that game. Uh, and they're big favorites against Tulane. Uh, what's the line in that one? Auburn's favored by 18, and the total set at 52. Was seven and two last week. This these two teams involved my two losses. I bet against Tulane. I bet against Auburn. I lost on both of these. So this is like one of those teams, and you as a handicapper, it's like, oh man, I what do I do now? <laughs> but I, I wasn't. I'm not going to be fooled twice by Tulane. I think Tulane's a lot better team. I think Auburn's coming off a huge win, huge letdown spot. Obviously, when you come back home after the the dramatic win at the end. I think there's a letdown here. I think Auburn wins by double digits in that 10, 11, 12, 13 range, but I don't think they can cover over the key number of 17. I'll take Tulane and the 18 points. Tulane built a pretty good running game. And uh, don't be fooled by last week's result. That's a pretty good FIU team on a program under Butch Davis. And well, they he, still won, too. They, yeah, 42-14 convincingly. a convincing win against a Butch Davis uh, coach team. And I have a lot of respect for Butch Davis and his FIU squad. That was a big win. They ran the football for 350 yards. 7.1 yards to carry. Their quarterback, James McMillan, 14 of 18 for 200 yards passing. So they got efficiency there offensively. And again, you don't have to win. You just got to cover. Right. right? By, so and 18 points is a lot. Game could land 10, could land 17. You win no matter who wins. Right. And Gus Malzahn is 2-8-2 two, two against the spread when he is favored uh, at home by double digits. So history is not on his side there. Auburn has the tendency to play in these uh, heart racing games for some reason or another it seems like they play to their competition and that's why I have trouble taking Auburn here just because I don't know that's a lot of points against a good Tulane team agree <laughs> I guess we won't have any disagreement there that would be uh, that one. Unless, right. unless, Craig, unless Craig likes the over no no okay I'll take that's it only for baseball <laughs> that's I know that. too late yeah I'm, I'm over on all this no, all right let's move on to Buffalo and number 15, Penn State. Buffalo is coming off a 10-win season, but they lose a lot of those starters from last season. Meanwhile, Penn State is coming off a huge 79-7 win over Idaho. Yeah, it's Idaho, but still that's a lot of points uh, to score. 
So what's the line and, and what's the total on this one? Uh, the Buffalo's uh, getting 29 and a half points. So I wow. mean, you're getting a lot. You just, you should get a lot. I even see a 30 out there. Over-unders upset of 56. Tony, who you like in this one? Uh, as I said before, it's not going to be a very good day for the Mac. Aww. It's going to be a very bad day Bless for the Mac. Bless their hearts. Uh, again, I lay the points with Penn State. You know, Buffalo's inexperienced. Only five starters return on offense, only three to the defense. That's the key. Those mid-major teams that aren't experienced defensively and they get roughed up against the Penn State offensive line. Penn State should be able to run the football. They, they, they ran up the score against Idaho, which, which I like because if they're up, it looks like they're going to continue. Franklin, the head coach, will run up the score, and you need, you need them to do that when you're laying 29 and a half. Right, and it is at home, and that's quite the atmosphere uh, for an experienced, uh, inexperienced Buffalo team. And they lost the MAC Offensive Player of the Year in Tyree Jackson. So that's another hit to Buffalo because, yeah, they won 10 games last season, but they lost a lot of guys. Yep. This was a tough one. Because 30, 29 and a half, 30 points is like, you, you look at the end of the year, even the really good teams last year. That is a lot of points. There's times they don't cover. I don't think I would play this game, uh, but if you made me put a, uh, you know, as Chip says, put a gun to my head, hope nobody's putting a gun to my head, but I would take uh, Buffalo Bulls and, and pray that late they don't give up that late touchdown. Because it's going to come right down to the end when you get this many points. Right, because then it's backups probably yeah, playing. Absolutely. When, you have, when you're dealing with these type of point spreads, I'm more comfortable in the non-conference early on than I am late in the season. If I yep. see a plus 30 like in the last two weeks of the season, I'm all over the underdog. Yep. Right. Because they know each other better. Well, and there's no reason for these teams to be people by 30. Well, yeah. do you really want to be someone in your conference and then have to face them the next year when maybe the you know, and they run it up on you. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, we got to get cracking on our rapid fire picks. We've been stalling. All right. Uh, this off, up tempo offense needs to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Stanford, Stanford, USC. Uh, this is a game where the quarterbacks uh, might both not be playing. KJ Costello is questionable for Stanford after getting hurt last game. USC, their quarterbacks out for the season. Uh, thoughts on this one? I'm going to be quick. Stanford plus one here. I think Costello will play, but if not, we did see um, that Stanford's defense was saw a big improvement over struggling last year. I didn't like what USC looked like after uh, the injury, so I'm going to take Stanford a plus one. Plus, Stanford has kind of owned this series uh, recently. Yeah, I'm, I'm bucking heads here with uh, Craig here. I'm going with USC because the, the freshman now gets practice with the first with with the rep with the first team, mm -hmm. and I think that'll be a difference in the preparation. Also, the air raid offense. Throw the ball a lot. You throw the ball to release as much faster with, right. with USC, so the pressure won't be as won't be as much. And they got a pretty good running game. I was not impressed with Stanford's offense last week, so uh, I'm going to take USC laying the point. I do like uh, Stanford's defense. One more game, Stanford or uh, where was Nebraska, it? Colorado. Nebraska, Colorado. <gasps> Nebraska, Colorado. Pick real quick. I, I like Nebraska minus three and a half. Tony, this is one of his best plays of the week. So go over to picksandparlays.net and get it. <laughs> All Absolutely. right, we're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. And we are back here on Picks and Parlays Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. We had a busy show with plenty of games. So for that reason, we're going to get right to our recap of all of today's games. Starting off with NFL extravaganza, extravaganza uh, with Chip Jarembus. Green Bay, Chicago taking the over. Falcons, Vikings taking the Vikings, minus three and a half. Giants, Cowboys taking the under in that one, 46 and a half. And our MLB picks, taking the Orioles over the Rangers, the Marlins over the Pirates, uh, the Rays run line over the Blue Jays, Twins over the Sox, and the Cubs over the Brewers, Nats over the Braves, and the Astros run line over the Mariners. I told you we had a lot of games to get to. Moving on to more 
picks. These are from Craig Treff. Taking the over in the Orioles, Rays, and uh, the teams that are playing in those games. Uh, and taking the Sox over the Twins. And the Braves, Nats, taking the under in that game. And then finally, our college football picks. Taking the Utes over Northern Illinois and Wisconsin to cover that big number over Central Michigan. LSU, Texas, taking LSU. Tulane to cover against Auburn and Penn State covering that big number over Buffalo. Stanford, USC taking USC minus one. Nebraska, Colorado taking Colorado plus five. Woo, Craig Trapp, here are his picks. He's taking Utah. He's taking the over in Wisconsin's game. He's taking Tulane over Auburn. Buffalo over Penn State to least cover and Stanford and Nebraska. Woo. I am sweating. That was our rapid fire. <laughs> I don't think I'm in game shape to run the up-tempo offense. I'm feeling like Ezekiel Elliott over here. Been a relaxing in Cabo. All right, that's our show. We've got more sports betting tips tomorrow at 1 Pacific for Eastern. We'll see you tomorrow on Picks and Parlays Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.